I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. Mel Robbins is on the show today. You might have heard of Mel because she has her own TV show on CBS. She is also just a motivational powerhouse. She's an expert on leadership and defeating doubt. And she's a thought leader on just taking more action and thinking less. Mel has a tool belt of tools, one of which can literally change your life in five seconds. It might sound too good to be true, but believe me, it works for people, and she can back that up. She has millions of people that she's impacted over the years. She has a few other tools as well that allow you to tap into your internal gauge as your guide. Mel talks about her own Why Not Now idea, a moment that arrived as she was sitting in the audience at an Oprah Winfrey event. She has changed swim lanes, professions, many, many times. She used to be a litigator, and we talked through all the other things that she's done. And like most people who have had some pretty great strides of success, it didn't always look that way. At age 41, Mel talks about her life being a mess. She was unemployed, facing bankruptcy, her marriage was spiraling, her confidence was shot, and she was hitting the bottle hard. That's when Mel stopped thinking and started doing. She talks about the tool that helped her transform her life, a very simple tool that you can start applying today. Mel is the best-selling author of The Five-Second Rule, and she goes into depth about what this is all about, how this works, and how we can bridge the gap between thinking and doing. As you can imagine, we get along very well because Why Not Now is in her DNA. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. For me, being able to design my own day is a non-negotiable. As many of you know, I'm a bit of a time management nerd. So when I find something that allows me to be more efficient and more effective, I want to share it with everyone. So here's the scoop. I have a new tool in my productivity tool belt, and I'm a bit obsessed. It's monday.com. My team and I have never felt more organized, and I have a new sense of perceived control. My to-do list is no longer the boss of me. 
I feel more in control because every project, initiative, date, and task is captured and organized in one place. And my team is in the loop and involved every step of the way. With Monday.com, it's like I have a brand new operating system. There's no long list and everything has its own home, its own deadline, its own team member that's assigned and associated, and it's color-coordinated. We all have multifaceted jobs and businesses. There are many components to my business, and each and every one of them has its own compartment. Each division is always one click away. For example, my team and I have a dedicated board for this very podcast. Did you know there are 28 steps involved in getting one podcast to air? It's the same exact process every time. And it's a system. We have the various key steps mapped out as micro tasks. And this allows for my team and I to stay in lockstep every step of the way. With Monday.com, I can zoom out and see the big picture, a roadmap view from 30,000 feet. And a moment later, I can zoom in and focus on a specific micro task within a project, within a division of the company. I could go on and on about the features that Monday.com offers, one of which is I've built my social media content calendar inside of Monday.com. I finally have one that I actually use, that I like, and it's embedded into my overall Google calendar. Another feature that I love is the Google Doc integration. You know I love a good spreadsheet. I can pull them into monday.com and edit them right there versus having 97 tabs open on my computer. If how we spend our days is how we spend our lives, then I can't think of anything more important than using the time in our days wisely. Head to monday.com if you want a free trial. And let me know on social media how it goes for you. Shoot me a DM. We can swap tips and tricks. Mel Robbins, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Good. On a scale of one to 10, where do you fit today? I think I'm like a nine, in between a nine and a 10, and there's one reason why. Actually, there's a couple reasons why. Um, Number one, my 12-year-old son, or I should say our 12-year-old son, is uh, off at a sleepaway camp for the first time. It's a four-week camp. He's a 12-year-old dyslexic, super cool, but very anxious little nugget of a kid. And when we said goodbye, I left and the goodbye went a lot better than I thought. But I have been waiting, Amy Jo, on pins and needles for that first letter. And it arrived about 15 minutes ago. It is glorious. I mean, I was so bracing for come pick me up. I hate this, you know, and instead it's like, Hey mom, Hey dad, I'm having so much fun at camp. I haven't gotten nervous yet. And I slept like a baby last night. My counselors are super nice. Me and me cabin are already super close. And I am so happy to be here. Thank you for everything. And I'm just like, (laughs) so now I can live for the next four weeks in a state of bliss, knowing that he is in a transformational experience instead of living in this feeling that, oh my God, what if he's being bullied? What if he hates it? What if he cries at night? What if he's the weird one at camp? What if, what if, what if? And um, I'm just super, super, super happy. So that's That's why I'm like almost a 10. 
That's awesome. What a deep breath. Gosh, I caught you at a perfect time then. It's, I mean, rarely do I hear the 10. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. And ironically, I just, um, this last weekend, I was in LA area, Ohio, actually, uh, up in the mountains. And I met a gentleman, his name is Gay Hendricks, and he's written like, I think like 50 books or something. And so I started listening to one because I met him and, and I found him fascinating. And he's, he wrote this book called The Big Leap. And he was, he's a psychologist and kind of mastermind. And um, he was telling a story about this parent who sent their kid off to camp, summer camp, and then they called Gaze, one of his clients, and they said, something's wrong. I, I just, I sense that something has majorly gone wrong. And, and so they reached out to the camp and they reassured the parent, no, actually everything is great. It's fine. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, physiologically, they just felt like something was very off with their child. And long story short, the net net was... Gay kind of had to explain to his client, it's actually you missing them and thinking they can't really thrive without you. And so it was all about the parent and he flipped it on them and it was this, this realization. But as you started to dive into that story, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if this is, <laughs> this is great. I bet you feel so good. So that's awesome. I'm just so happy for him. That's all. Just to think about what it must feel like as a 12-year-old and be in an environment where it's nothing but other boys. And you've got this time where you get to wake up every day and just have fun and just what a gift that is. And so I'm so happy he's actually enjoying it versus dealing with anxiety or the fears that we all put in our own way of actually being present and taking advantage of the opportunities that are right in front of us. Amazing. What an experience of, of independence and courage and good for you. Well, awesome. Let's dive in on that note. And tell me about a time, Mel, when you had to ask yourself, why not now? And let's let's dive deep. Let's talk it through and, and see what we can glean from the experience. All right, cool. Well, um, I, yeah, I've had a crazy career. I mean, I literally have had an absolutely crazy career and I've had more job changes than, uh, probably everybody that you've talked to on your podcast combined. And I remember I had been a, I'd been a public defender in Manhattan doing criminal defense work. I'd worked in corporate litigation, which I hated. I had gotten into the tech scene in Boston and had a successful run and then just felt really lost. And then I hired a coach to help me uh, become a coach uh, and do life and business coaching because I'd been really successful in my career and my business life. And I remember I was sitting, um, I decided I would go to an Oprah Winfrey conference because I thought, not only do I love Oprah, but this would be an amazing place to land some life coaching clients, right? Because everybody's there looking to improve their life. And so I'll never forget this. I, I was, um, it was here in Boston and this must've been at well over a decade ago. Was it a decade ago? I, I don't even, maybe it was eight years ago. I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm sitting in the audience and Martha Beck, who is a writer and who at the time had a column in Oprah's magazine, she walked onto the stage. Now I didn't know Martha Beck, but something weird happened when she walked on stage I had this incredible rush go through my body and I suddenly stopped listening 
to anything that, that she was saying. I didn't hear anything around me, but there was just this sense of, of, of wisdom inside me that was like, I want to do that. And here's the crazy part. I didn't even know what that meant. And so I just kind of sat with it. And immediately, of course, when you have one of these insights about what you want to do or about your dreams or, or about, you know, when your intuition comes alive and your wisdom speaks to you, typically, you know, we start to think about it too much and we'll then start to create distance from that thing that we know that we want. And we'll start to then flood our mind with excuses. And then we, of course, will talk ourselves out of doing anything related to it. And so I remember just then kind of reading up in the program about her and I'm like, oh, she's written a book. I've never done that. Oh, she writes for, for Oprah Winfrey. I've never done that. Oh, she, she speaks around the country. Oh, I've never done that. Oh, she does work. I've, I've never done that. Like I just, and I started to see all of the things that she was doing and, and I, you know, I had never aspired to do any of those things, but there was something in me in that moment that was like, I want to do that. I want to reach more people that I'm reaching right now working one-to-one. Now, the interesting thing for me is that in that moment, I didn't know how. I had no idea. And so I guess I would call it a why not now moment because I, I decided, because I didn't know how to do it, that the way that I would start to figure it out is I would do what Mark Lebeck would do. So I invented this little, like, tool, I guess you could call it, where if I were at a, at a, at a moment in, in time where I, I had a question about whether or not I should do something, I would stop and ask myself, well, what would Martha Beck do? And um, what was interesting is that in, in the first couple days of using it, nothing really magical happened and I could have easily abandoned it. But the third night after this conference and after having this intuition and after deciding, okay, why not now? Why not just explore it? And the way I started exploring it is pausing and, 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 and asking myself, well, what would Martha Beck do? So three nights later, I'm sitting um, at my house. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And um, an email comes into my inbox. And the email is from a friend of mine that lives in New York. And she works in PR, and she writes, I think this might be interesting for you. And I scroll down, and she has forwarded an email from a writer at Inc. Magazine. I start to read the email, and this writer has reached out to PR professionals because she is looking for coaches to interview to start writing, to write an article about executive coaching and life coaching. And as I'm reading, I start to come up with all these objections. Well, the email request is, is 20 days old. She's already got everybody. This is a waste of time. Oh, wait, she's looking for a certain certification. I don't have that. This is a waste of time. Oh, she wants people that coach people in a certain type of industry. I don't do that industry. This is a waste of time. Oh, she wants people in this geographic area. I don't live in that geographic. This is a waste of time. And then I caught myself and I asked myself, well, what would Martha Beck do? I know what Mel Robbins would do and she'd hit the lead. What would Martha Beck do? And I thought, oh, well, she'd probably just fire off a response. So I did. That writer called me the very next morning. She said there was something about the response that I wrote that was very compelling. She had all but finished the article and now she wanted to talk to me, though, before she submitted it. And after our conversation on the phone, she decided to scrap what she had written 
and start the article anew and just do a profile and, on me and one other coach. Now, that article ended up getting published in Inc. Magazine, and it didn't lead to a single client uh, calling me, but it led to CNBC calling. And they were thinking about doing a show about coaching, so they flew me to New York, and they uh, interviewed me, and on the spot gave me a television development deal. <laughs> that was the beginning of my media career. And it all can be traced back down to one moment sitting in an audience and having Martha Beck walk on stage and basically saying, I want to do that and leaning into it right then and using that tool and answering that email. So that's my story. Wow. So, so many things here that I would love to, to dive into and dissect. I mean, the the physiological response that you mentioned and that rush through your body, as well as kind of a silence. You, you mentioned that you didn't even hear anything that Martha Beck said from that point on. Describe that a little bit more. And do you find that happening since then? Like, are these uh, types of cues uh, a pattern? Or what can we maybe glean from just that? Well, you know, funny enough, I'm just wrapping up teaching a uh, course online to 2,000 people about inner wisdom and how to, find, how to hone your clarity and your ability to hear it. And then the second piece, of course, is you've got to have the courage to be able to listen to it. And so my belief is, is that your inner wisdom is always with you and that your body and your heart and your soul communicate you through all kinds of signals. And that there are things that you can do to uh, manipulate your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system in order to be able to tune into it. And so for me, that kind of moment, that moment of uh, like, I want to do that, that's clarity. That's the ability to hear what your body is telling you. Because the truth is, your inner wisdom, this isn't like something hokey, like, okay, oh, the universe is talking to you. And I know that a lot of people listening believe that it does. I believe that it does too, but I believe that it talks to you through your body. Through you. mm -hmm. And that your body has a tremendous amount of wisdom in it. And that it, it is designed to send you signals. And so, for example, if you are in need of water, what do you feel? Thirsty. Correct. That's a signal from your body. Sure. If you're in need of food, what do you, what, what's the signal? Hunger. If you are in need of human connection, what's the signal? You feel lonely. And so there are, your body is designed, and I could go through hundreds of signals that your body sends you. But what happens is, you know, in a, in a nanosecond, you're in a situation and your DNA, your life experience, your situational intelligence and your lifetime uh, intelligence come together and inform you about what to do. And when you can develop the skill of clarity to be able to hear it, you will know the answer in any single situation about what to do and how to move forward. And so is it always a massive rush? No, it's not. Uh, I think there are moments in your life where you just have this, what I call just know moments of clarity where you just know. And then there are those moments where it's like a dull urging 
or a sense that you're supposed to do something, but you're, you're missing the courage to lean into it, to listen to it, to do something about it. I, this is like candy to me because I spent the first 35 years of my life with a muzzle on any um, listening to, you know, the, the internal uh, cues and kind of GPS and just kind of forcing things out of sheer will and or just th- trying to overthink it. And so this has been such a journey over the last two years to start to lean in and get super curious about exactly what you're talking about and the science to back it up so it doesn't feel so fluffy as a fairly analytical person. And and so this is awesome. And, and, and I'm picking up on some points that you tie back into the book regarding some of the science that backs up your five-second rule. So I'd like to dive into that too in a minute. But back to your why not now moment. So that physiological response, which is, I think, something we can all learn from, um, that's, that's a pretty big indicator that you're experiencing a why not now moment. But also, so Mel, you've had this journey of different career you know, verticals, and lit- from litigation, being an, uh, an attorney, to tech, to life and business coaching. And and a lot of people move around, but those are some really big turns and moves and dips into some diverse areas, right? And as I think about that, I, I feel like our society is so encouraging of sticking to a certain path, seeing your way through, climbing that ladder, obviously. And now that we're we're evolving as a society, as in the romanticism around startups and changing and doing something that you love that brings passion and purpose and skill together. Uh, we're seeing more of this, but you were ahead of the curve here. When you were switching into these these big changes of career paths, what, what did you tell yourself in your mind? Were you craving something new? Were you bored? Were you just unfulfilled? Or what drove those pivots at the moment? And how did you kind of justify it in your mind? Well, I think, you know, in the past that they were driven out of anxiety and fear and stuckness that I just didn't enjoy. I mean, well, the, except for being a public defender, I love that job. And my husband got into business school up in Boston. So that career change was driven by actual, a life change. Mm -hmm. But for most career changes, it was literally either driven by curiosity or driven by just feeling so completely like just repelled by what I repulsed by what I was doing that I just couldn't take it anymore. And I had to make a change. However, over the, over time, as I have, um, studied human behavior, as I have become more self-evolved, as I have developed the skill of self-monitoring, and as I have become extremely curious about not how people, not, not what people need to do to change, but how do you actually help people change? And what are the tools? Forget concepts. We all got enough freaking advice. What you need are tools. I've stumbled onto a tool that I had been using unconsciously for a long time and brought it to the surface. And it has been the single most accurate thing. I mean, the five second rule is a tool. What I'm about to tell you is another tool, and when you start to really dig into it, it will literally never lead you astray. So I call it the, um, I mean, I just call it the gauge, but you can call it the passion gauge, you could call it the energy gauge, you could call it the clarity gauge. Basically, I pay attention to whether or not I feel depleted or energized. And of course, along that scale of depleted versus energized, there's a whole host of feelings. There's, when you're depleted, you're kind of like, meh. 
when you're, uh, you know, and, and think about it like a fuel gauge, like a car, you know, you're on empty. Ugh. If you're a quarter tank, you're, you're fine. If you're half tank, you're good. If you're three quarters of a tank, you're like, you know, great. If you're full tank, you're fully energized. You're awesome. And so I pay attention in business, in life, in relationships, in friendships, in conversations, in business deals, to whether or not I'm energized or I'm meh. Am I depleted by this? Am I energized by this? Are there aspects of this to deplete me? Are there aspects that energize me? And then I go to work and I consciously move away from the things that deplete me. I stop hanging out with people that deplete me and I do more of what energizes me. And in fact, the reason why I have gone from being the most booked female speaker in the world last year to now launching a online course and publishing business that in 16 months flat is doing seven figures. The reason why I was able to make that turn is because I started to notice that, holy shit, you know, here I am, I'm making all this money. I'm on the road like crazy. My dreams are coming true. I'm impacting people's lives. I'm spreading the five second rule, but I'm depleted. Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> That's a lot of planes. <laughs> yeah, I never, you never feel like you think it's going to, to get what you want. And that's important because the thing we think we want is never really what we're supposed to have. It's just the beacon that gets you moving. And along the way, you need to be paying attention to those signals, that inner wisdom that your body is sending you. And if you are in a job or you're in a relationship that depletes you, that is a very important data point. What are the things that that you can do to shift that relationship or get rid of it or whatever so that it's more energizing? Mm. And so what I realized is I love talking about the five-second rule. I love um, building relationships. But what depletes me is the travel. And what also depletes me is the fact that when I leave a stage, I may never hear from some of the people again. And I love the connection. I love the fact that we get hundreds of emails a day. And I mean hundreds. We have one person that works for my company that, that literally does nothing but answer emails to our inbox mm-hmm. of people that have discovered the tools, that have questions. And so we have a human being that points people to more free resources online and answers questions. And, and so making that turn, that business turn, all came from this simple gauge. Thank you for for sharing this. And and it was actually an area that I wanted to dive into with you and you've already touched on it. And this gauge or it, it's it's really science. I mean, if you think about it, it's dissonance and resonance and, and constructive interference. And there's there's science behind this, and that's what I love about it because it helps you believe and buy in a little quicker, I think. And then and then you see the magic <laughs> of the the internal just feeling and energy. And um, I appreciate your honesty with that answer too, because uh, you know sometimes it always doesn't always look the same on the outside. Whether people are watching you, you know, move across the globe. And- I think we see what we want to see. You know, like I'll I like you don't really know what's actually going on with people and. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, is that it's also in my case, like, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Why would I be complaining? I mean, I'm making Mm -hmm. a ridiculous amount of money. I'm changing lives. I'm traveling. It's not like I've been deployed and I'm not going to see my family for two years. That's sacrifice. 
That is a tremendous thing that men and women in the military do on all of our behalves. And that's hard. Like the fact that I'm bitching about the fact that I have to, you know, get on a plane to get paid to give a speech, like that's stupid. So I was also embarrassed by the fact that I was not happy about the situation. But then when I started to tune into it as a energy level, okay, wait a minute. Well, let's just dissect this. Let's take a look at what is it about the current way that your life and work is structured that depletes you. Okay, great. We'll make a list. And what is it, Mel, about all the things that you get to do that actually energizes you? And now how can you be intentional and make changes so that you do more of the things that are in the column of energize? Do I have days that deplete me? You better believe I do. But I have more days now that energize me than I do that deplete me. So I am absolutely making progress on this. I found this to be incredibly helpful in relationships because I've always been confused by the fact that you can be wildly close friends with somebody um, for a while. And then all of a sudden your kids are different ages and it's like you're living two totally different lives. I've also been very uh, puzzled by the fact that, you know, as you change in your career, you will find that there are people that you've known for a long time that are not very supportive and that don't cheer for you and that that's very depleting. And you can spend a lot of energy really focused on those relationships that deplete you, or you can really realize that, you know, as you change, so will the kind of people that you need around you. And as you grow, so will the kind of people that you need to have around you will grow. And so, you know, I, I just find that it is such a magical tool that is free, that's deadly accurate, and that works every time you pay attention to it. I dig it. Totally dig it. And uh, it's, it's, there's a woman by the name of Susie Batiste and she's, she's become a mentor of mine and she always says, it's not personal, it's physics. And it's, it's kind of a great way to check yourself and, and realize, you know, this is, this is truly about life seeking more life and life force. And it's, there's, there's a underlying, um, kind of net of science that just helps explain it to us. But, it's new to me because I've always kind of, like I said, suppressed that feeling and just goal-oriented, go, 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 take the next step, very linear. And, um, and it's a, it's a strat- this, this is a new strategy. It's, it's a much more uh, organic and, and good strategy. <laughs> Here's the other thing about the strategy that's going to blow your mind, and that is this. It is how you listen to your inner wisdom. Like you want to, you want to fine tune your ability to trust your gut, to hear the wisdom that's inside you, to know your truth, to find your North star, whatever your tagline is, uh, you know, for you personally listening to us right now, paying attention to whether you're depleted or energized and then actually making a change because of it. That is where the gold is. And the more that you pay attention to it and the more that you align your life towards the things that energize you, guess what? You have just given your wisdom an amplification. You've cranked the volume. So, you know, when, when you asked me that question earlier about the Martha Beck moment and, you know, everything going quiet and the body sensation, I don't have the body sensation. I literally have a knowing that is so loud and so strong that even in business deals, nope, yes, not unless this, like I am, I'm sure people hate <laughs> trying to do deals with me because I have 
so much clarity about what I will and won't do because over the last eight years, utilizing this gauge, utilizing the five second rule, utilizing tools of objectivity, like what would Martha Beck do or what would Mel Robbins do or what would Amy Joe do? Like where you get out of your own subjective emotional point of view and you get into somebody else's, which is also backed by science. I have what you're doing at every decision is you are aligning action with what your wisdom and your intuition is telling you to do. And there's nothing more powerful. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you ready for change? Or maybe you're already in a season of expansion. As we embrace this new decade, are you ready to take action on your own why not now idea? Maybe that means starting the company, launching the podcast, writing the book, or doing more public speaking, injecting your why into what you are doing. At the end of the day, that is exactly what creates connection. And connections convert. My life work is to help guide women through this very stage in their life. I do this through the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. It truly is the career love of my life. The reason I love this program so much is because I'm able to create a mosaic, a collection of like-minded, like-hearted, driven women who come together to level up. They learn the renegade mentality directly from me, and I share everything I've learned over the past 20 years in business. It's equal parts education, collaboration, accountability, and community. We are accepting applications for our 2020 program, and you are welcome to go check everything out about the program at renegadebrandbootcamp.com. And as a very first step, just sign up for my five-day email series. I uncover all of the questions about the bootcamp and help you understand if it's right for you. We've had some incredible women come through the program, and you will hear from them as well. You can check out the curriculum, the structure, the vibe, and everything in between. Many years ago, I went to Mark Cuban and asked him for investment advice. I thought I was going to get some real estate or stock market type of advice. Instead, he said, invest in yourself. Invest in your own growth. Invest in yourself. Bet on yourself. This is the best ROI you will ever find. If you're at that point where you are ready to take action, head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com. So let's say someone's listening and they are working for XYZ company. Uh, Maybe they are working from a cubicle or they're on their drive to work and they're listening and they've always wanted to start a flower shop, but they've been doing this other job for so many years and they want to make this leap. How would you advise them to use the gauge as well as the five-second rule, if it applies, to address the situation, which is basically a why not now situation? Yeah. I mean, so first of all, clarity is present. You know what you want. The only thing that's not present is action. You've been busy thinking about the flower store, but you haven't actually done anything. And the flower store is not going to open by thinking about it. And you're actually not going to get clear about whether or not you want to open that flower store by thinking about it. You will only get clear and, and, and know whether you need to do it if you start working on it. 
And so there are two things that you can do. The five second rule is, is, um, freaking unstoppable, most powerful tool you could ever use to break the habit of overthinking, break the habit of self-doubt, break the habit of procrastination. The second that you are like, I really need to, like, I really want to be in uh, the flower business. Great. Stop thinking about it. Five, four, three, two, one, start doing some research, Mm -hmm. look up flower stores, uh, buy some books on it. Take a, take a flower arranging course tomorrow, five, four, three, two, one, instead of going on Facebook, why don't you, uh, go drive to some flower stores and see if anybody has any part-time work on the weekends, five, four, three, two, one. If they don't have it in your neighborhood, go to the next town over and look for it. Like there, there are ways to get started on something that require not thinking, but action. And so what I find is that everybody that's, that's stuck is, is that, that what's missing is not thought. That's the problem. What's missing is action. And now here's the thing for the person that wants to open the flower store. So I once had a fantasy dream that I would open a bakery because I loved bakeries I, and I loved being in a bakery and I loved walking into a bakery and, and smelling everything. And especially a beautiful bakery, like a barefoot Contessa or, you know, some like fabulous bakery where everything just looks more delicious than the next thing. And, you know, the coffee's amazing and whatever. So I went to work in one for a weekend. I, I thought this was going to be my dream come true, Amy. Amy Joe, I just thought this was going to be like absolutely the beginning of the next, like biggest, most fabulous, incredible bakery of all time. It took me exactly two hours to realize I hate working in a bakery. (laughs) I hate it. I hate smelling like carrot muffins. I hate refilling the napkin things. I hate refilling the milk and the, and the half and half. I hate stacking the sugars. I hate waiting on people for crying out loud. I hated everything about it. You know what I discovered? I discovered what truly energized me. What energized me about the concept of owning a bakery is that I actually thought it would be amazing to live near a bakery like that, (laughs) to have the flexibility to be able to walk in the door every morning and get my coffee there. A little different. Yeah, to have (laughs) the financial freedom to be able to afford to do that to have the work flexibility to be able to hang out there and to have the people behind the counter go, oh, hey, Mel, how you doing? So for me, it was about community. It was about flexibility in work and in time. And it was about financial freedom to be able to afford that kind of luxury. It had nothing to do with running a freaking bakery. And so you may may decide if you like flowers, because every time I walk into this particular flower place here in Boston called Winston's, I literally have a moment where I say, I miss my calling. I (laughs) love flowers. No, I don't. I don't want to work and I don't want to own a flower store. I want to be able to uh, have the time to garden and I want to know how to make a great arrangement, and I want to be able to afford to buy arrangements from Winston's when I need a special one. That's what that is about. Mm -hmm. That's it. So by getting at it, you would never discover that thinking. It's only when you five, four, three, two, one, and that's the five second rule. The moment your instincts tell you to move, five, four, three, two, one, you start counting backwards. That interrupts the thinking patterns in your brain, Uh, In the basal ganglia, it awakens your prefrontal cortex. It prompts you to move. It's a starting ritual for action. It'll work every single time to get you out of the habit of thinking and into the habit of exploring, of acting, of stepping outside your comfort zone, of building 
the bias toward action instead of the bias toward thinking. And so that is how you would use the five second rule. You'd use it to get out of your damn way and actually explore the thing. Mm -hmm. Because what you're going to discover when you start exploring it is maybe this is the best thing ever. You know, I can't tell you in this course that we're teaching the power of you what's so incredible is we were just watching a bunch of the videos today that people have posted today. You know, a woman, by the way, who had always dreamt of doing cake decorating. She's a real estate agent. So she's been talking herself out of this for years. Her first step was to take a course in it, which she did the first week of the, the online course I was teaching. She just got a full-time job at a local bakery. And she was taping this video in her car and she's crying. She's super excited. And she's like, I have no idea how I'm going to balance this with real estate, but I'm just so ecstatic because mm -hmm. I finally have stopped thinking about it. It's like, unbelievable. It's a dream come true. And here's the other thing. A year from now, is it going to be a dream come true? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. That's where the gauge of depleted versus energized comes in. Well, and your your gauge was in effect too with both the bakery and the flowers. It just your GPS and geolocator of what that energy and pull was, um, you know, was slightly shifting of, of what it meant. But you were being pulled toward, and and then you took the initiative to apply the five second rule and discovered by experimentation what it was and what it was meant to be. But that's that's interesting to see that gauge or pull working with in tandem with the other tool, which is the five second rule. Absolutely love it. I had a similar experience where I thought I wanted to be a physician and I spent a day in the ER. This was pre-college um, shadowing, you know, a, a doctor and found after this patient came in with a tiny cut on their hand and they needed a couple stitches, I almost fainted just by seeing this and realized, no, I'm not probably meant to be a physician, but that, that experience um, saved me from possibly entering years of study that would have netted out in, uh, in probably not the right direction for me. So interesting. So, okay, this is fun. Thank you, thank you. I'm loving the tools and I'm thinking about how I can apply them to my own life, especially the five-second rule. I love how you say in the book, in reading it, act now or your brain will stop you. And it's mm -hmm. just like, get out of your own damn way. So let's talk about a why not now moment that you might be in the middle of, or is there something that you've been thinking about doing that now it's time to ask yourself, why not now? Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say this because that you're asking me this right now, because, um, I have been really thinking for years about, you know, I guess for the last two or three years about events and doing my own events. And I kind of stumbled into the speaking business because, you know, I, I told you the story about how I got into the media business when that article came out and CNBC called, and then that led to a deal with ABC and a radio show on Sirius. And then that led to a pilot that I shot with Fox that led to a show with A&E, which led to another radio show, which led to CNN, <laughs> um, you know, having me come on board and along the way launched and sold a, a little internet startup in the content space. It was like a Buzzfeed for women. And I've always dreamt of doing something huge like Oprah or like Ellen or Tony Robbins or Brene Brown, like just like having my own brand where we are a respected and trusted brand that, that help people know that they matter, develop the confidence and clarity and courage to live out their dreams and that we cheer for people. And 
so, you know, all of uh, my speaking career happened because I, I gave this TEDx talk about how I had changed my career so many times and that thing went crazy viral and, and I shared the five second rule in it. And then people started to write from around the world and speaking requests came in and it just exploded. And so, you know, I've been speaking uh, professionally, which means people pay you to do it uh, for the last three years. And again, it took me just last year. It was the most booked female speaker in the world. It's been absolutely crazy. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's a big I, I'm deal. just it's a lot of completely work too. blown away by it. Yeah. And, and what people see is they hear most book or they hear I've, I've been at it for two years. The truth is I have been building this skill set since I graduated high, from law school. Like I, I literally have been doing this as far as I'm concerned since, uh, 1994. So that's when my training began and nobody sees that. And nobody sees that when you get in the media business, you don't get paid in the beginning and you sleep on couches and you schlep all over the pace. So, you know, it's been an eight year run in the media business to finally figure out how to build my own platform. And so, um, Thank you for acknowledging the hard work because Mm -hmm. we talk about the accolades, but we forget to remind everybody, look, it starts with sending an email. It starts with volunteering in a bakery. It starts with getting out of your head and just trying. And so I secretly had been wishing and wanting to launch my own events. And I've been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I've had, I realize now, like a very self-defeating thing. Like, I'm not ready. Nobody would come. But who am I to want something like that? Tony Robbins has been at it for 30 years. And, of course, every event I go to, people are like, are you his wife? And, of course, <laughs> just punch people. I cannot wait until people ask him, oh, are you married to Mel Robbins? Oh, you aren't? Because he's been on the show, and that's how, that's how I thought I thought you were, Mel. I so. love you. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it's, it's – it's, um, and here's the other thing, and I can tell you this and your listeners this, because a lot of people don't know this. The people that dominate personal development, Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Clardone is now trying to claw his way in there. Um, Ty Lopez, Lewis House, you know, a handful of them are awesome people and they're all guys. Jim Rome, Zig Ziglar. I mean, you know this, John Maxwell, they're all Mm -hmm. freaking dudes. And 83% of the products that are created by those people are bought by women. And I'm sorry, I don't know why women who are trying to raise a family and build a business are listening to guys that have women at home raising their kids for them. I don't know why we are looking at hustle, 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 hustle as the advice when we're also the primary caretakers in our relationships and our families. And that there is, that we are at a moment in time where a bunch of us need to step up we need to step up and claim our, not our seat at the table, but our, our throne in the kingdom. <laughs> and because the, women need advice and men need advice from other voices. And so I have been kind of thinking about this and feeling insecure about it and feeling like, oh, but I, you know, I don't have a big... And then finally, I was, at a, I was at my mastermind group and I've been secretly thinking about this and secretly telling myself I'm not ready and secretly putting excuses in front of me like, oh, when my Facebook following gets to be 200,000, then I'll have enough data to analyze mm-hmm. and I'll be able to see <laughs> where I should have the event. Blame the data. Yes, of course. <laughs> and so there was a mo- there's clearly you're building up to a moment here. 
Yes, it was two nights ago in Denver. Whoa. I'm honored to be hearing this right now. Okay, carry on, carry on. So I was with a bunch of my friends. I'm part of a mastermind group, which everybody needs a gang of five. And I was with the men in my mastermind group because the gal who's in it was not in town. And at one point, one of my friends who is a, a, his name is Josh Linkner. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's probably the most book speaker in the world. He did 160 some speeches last year. He's a hell of an incredible guy, super successful entrepreneur. And he turns to me and basically says, so when the hell are you going to actually realize that you're the next Tony Robbins? And I said, what do you, will you stop? And he said, no, I'm serious, Mel. He said, out of everybody that we know in this business, you're the one that's going to, you're the one that's actually going to do it. And he said, but we're all waiting for you to realize it and actually say that you're going to do events. And I looked at him and I'll tell you what flooded my body. It was fear. I wish I had been wearing a diaper at the time because it, you know, <laughs> I literally like wanted to, you know what, because he called me out on it and I knew he was right. And here's the thing, who knows if I'll ever, I mean, the guy is, I, 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 you know, kind of trash talking Tony, but I freaking love him. I'm competitive. You know, I see what he's doing and I get jealous or I get insecure or I feel like, oh my God, like he's so this and I'm so this, or I see Gary's business or anybody's business. I'm sure you feel the same thing. Where you like are like, I'm not doing enough, or my podcast isn't big enough, or I'm not reaching enough people, or maybe you don't do it, but I torture myself this I way. Know. But also comparison is the thief of joy, right? Easier said than done by Teddy Roosevelt. But yes, of course I do. That's why I took a social media detox and I am a social media it's my been my whole career. It's because I kept comparing myself. So, you know, whenever I catch myself in that comparison game, I go five, four, three, two, one. Like the moment you catch yourself worrying, the moment you catch yourself thinking something negative, the moment you catch yourself beating yourself up or comparing yourself, that's a moment of power because you actually just woke up. You realized Mm -hmm. what you were doing. Now you need to have the courage to cut it off. Five, four, three, two, one is what will interrupt the patterns of thinking and will awaken your prefrontal cortex and put you back in control. And so when, whether I insert gratitude for having you in my life or Lewis in my life or somebody like Tony that's paved the way and made it possible for the rest of us. Like that, and and then reminding myself, the world's a huge place. There's room for all of us, and the world needs all of us. And, you know, there is only one you. No one else can do it the way you're going to do it. And that's what our secret sauce always is. Forget about what everybody else is doing. Tune in to what energizes and what, uh, what depletes you. Pay attention to that inner wisdom and follow it. And so Josh says to me, he literally looks at me and he's like, this is what you're meant to do. And he said, there's a reason why ABC signed you to a talk show development deal, and it never happened. And there's a reason why you shot a network-level show that American Idol was supposed to be the lead-in for, and it got tabled by legal. It wasn't the right show. You weren't ready, and you weren't supposed to do that. You weren't supposed to be on TV. You're supposed to be out in the world building a business, making a difference. And all of that training, Mel, has led you to this moment. All of that speaking on corporate stages has led you to this moment. And now it's time for you to actually do events and to get out and claim your space as an, as an icon in the personal development business. And women are dying for Amy, Joe, and Mel to do this. And men are dying. I mean, what's, on, what's really interesting is 45% of my entire audience is male. There's this really awesome shift 
that's starting to happen where, you know, you know, it used to be that the dudes for, for everybody and women that gave advice were for women. I think it's important that women actually listen to other women that are successful because we have to navigate things that a lot of men don't have to. And so there's advice in there. Listen to everybody. But there is so much opportunity and need for women to raise their voices and, and, and share their expertise and their stories. And so, you know, Josh basically stuck it to me and said, all right, you know, when? And so, you know, I just texted him back and said, I'm committing to doing it the spring of, um, what is it, 20, this coming spring. And so I don't know where we're going to have it yet. I haven't picked a date yet because I haven't actually looked at my speaking calendar. And that's a legit concern because we're booked mm-hmm. all the way through the end of next year. Yep. Um, but we're going to do it. I'm, do- I'm doing it. So we just had the why not now moment. And I called myself on my own shit. You know, it doesn't, it's not going to be perfect. The first one might even suck. The first one probably won't sell out. The first one's going to have a ton of hiccups, but if I wait and wait and wait, it's never going to happen. So why not now is like, for me, it was a huge revelation of shit. Yeah. Why not now? This is dumb. Like I need to, I need to actually be working toward it now. You know, I, I want to tell you guys something because a lot of people don't realize this. So we're working on a journal because um, the five second rule book launch has been absolutely just shockingly more than we ever thought it would be. And the audio book is the, the thing that has blown us away uh, in terms of the, the number of people that have not only bought it and listened to it, but the, uh, more than 5,000 five gold star reviews that we've gotten on that thing. And I'm really, really proud of it. And you know what I'm most proud about, Amy Joe, is that I self-published it. As a business person, that means you keep the revenue and you don't, you're not kind of halvesing it up with an agent and with publishers. And, you know, you didn't go f- and take the bait of an advance and think that's the greatest thing, uh, you know, since sliced bread without realizing that, wait a minute, unless you actually look at the royalty calculation on the back end and realize that you're only making 20 cents a book and how are you ever going to pay back that big advance at 20 cents a book? The answer is you're not, that you just made a dumb business deal. So, you know, we're now putting out a journal because people have been asking for it, like a daily kind of clarity, courage guide that you can journal and, and do. And so you know the answer to this, but everybody listening, I want you to consider, let's say that the whole thing is designed today. Okay. And let's just say just for the purposes of this, that today is July 1st. Okay. In order to have a paperback journal properly printed and for sale, like legit, somebody could buy it on Amazon. How long do you suppose that takes? It's July 1st. How many months do you think that takes? If you were to guess September, you would be wrong. If you were to guess October, you would be wrong. If, if you were to be more in the mid November range, you would be correct. And, you know, could you print it faster and and make less money on it because it would cost you more to print it? Sure. But understanding that shit takes time. Like the longer you wait to start exploring the flower shop, to start signing up for the class, to build the skill that you need, to start reading the books or following the experts that are in the fields that you're curious about, the longer you wait, the further you push off when you're going to be happy when you're going to be in control. you got to start now. Got to. It's very true. I mean, why not now? Five, four, three, two, one. And, and going back to this 
current Why Not Now that you are 48 hours into, by the way. Congratulations. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I, so much is popping in for me right now as, as I'm hearing you. And first off, yes, go, go. This is, this is amazing, especially to have a female's perspective and point of view take on that platform and, and that level kind of rising up and, and being able to put on your own events or however you want to call it. I encourage you to do it your own way and to do what's never been done before and not take too much of the template of the Tony Robbins of the whoever else, because they invented their system so many years ago, right? And you have the ability now to completely innovate like you are with your online courses, like you are with taking the wisdom of being depleted from travel and carrying that through and evolving to events. So I am excited to see what you build and I hope it just, it's, it's not the next Tony Robbins. It's the it's the Mel Robbins, right? <laughs> it really is. This is not about, he would tell you, I'm sure you've heard him say, he's because so much of Tony's world revolves around live events, that's kind of back to square one of where you are with, with traveling and being in that potential depletion for, for just energy resources within yourself. So innovate it and do you know, even losing his voice, <laughs> do it your own way because you have technology, you have all these buckets of, of industries and wisdom skill sets that you can draw upon. And I can't wait to see what you build. And I'm here to support you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited. And I, and you know, it's true. Like, cause I, you know, it's funny that I, that, you know, I, I talk about the people that I follow and I admire. And of course, you know, you use those people as guideposts, but you're, you're absolutely right. The second that anybody walks into a pitch meeting and says, I'm the next Uber, the investors stop listening. And the truth is I know, and you know, this is what everybody listening needs to understand. There's only one you, and there's never going to be another one. And that's your secret weapon. And so your gauge will guide you too. So it's going to, yes. that's your X factor, right? It's, it's exciting. And there's never going to be another one. And so, you know, use the people out there in the world as inspiration and use them as education and stalk them and start doing some of the things they're doing, but then pay attention to what's energizing and what's depleting. And that's how you figure out your formula. I love it. Wow. What a, what an awesome note to, to wind up on. And thank you for coming on and, and sharing such a ripe, amazing why not now moment that we can all follow now and, and see where you go with this and cheer you on and support and show up. Right. So thank you. everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, 
Why not now?